Dallas Jenkins joins us today. Yes, Dallas, he is the man behind The Chosen, the wildly successful series on the life of Jesus Christ. He'll talk about the unusual way he got the series produced. Plus, he'll discuss how moms will be able to relate to the recently released season three. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Corletis, your host. Uh, I'm so glad that you are joining us again today. So welcome, as always. Uh, right here at the top of the show, I do want to invite you to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also want to ask you to share this podcast with your mom friends. Uh, spread the word. Uh, we also want to invite all of our moms that are listening to join the movement here at Moms for America. If you have not checked us out, please check out Moms for America. We are moms uniting all across the country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the constitution. You can go ahead and check out Moms for America on our website, which is awesome, at momsforamerica.us. Again, that is momsforamerica.us. Check us out there. All right, on to today's program. We are very fortunate to have our guest here today. It's Dallas Jenkins. He's a very, very busy man. Uh, Dallas is an award-winning film and television director, writer, and producer. He's just wrapping up season three of The Chosen, which he created, produces, directs, and co-writes. The Chosen is the first multi-season series about the life of Jesus of Nazareth. What is especially unique about The Chosen is it has been funded in a very non-traditional way by crowdfunding. In fact, it's the most successful media crowdfund of all time. I know you are fans of The Chosen if you've been watching it. If you haven't, you're going to want to check out this series. In fact, we're going to start real quick, real quick here at the top of the show with a short clip of The Chosen. I have chosen you 12 as my apostles. Don't feel any different. I don't need you to feel anything to do great things. What is stirring in your hearts? In the middle of such division and unrest, is Father God being revealed to you? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, Welcome, Dallas. Thank you for joining us here at the Moms for America podcast. We're thrilled to have you. <laughs> I'm good to be on, and it's always good to hear a strong Chicago accent or Midwest accent. Yes. I've been I've been living in Texas now for about a year, and I miss my uh, Chicago heritage. So it's good to be on with you, and just if for nothing else, just to hear a, fe a fellow uh, Midwest. I'm Chicago. Yeah, exactly. and we do, and and it's great to have you because a lot of our team has worked with you here in Illinois, and you know worked mm -hmm. on different projects. So having you on is is just a blast. And um, like we just saw here, um, a piece from the trailer, uh, the Chosen has just been um, an an incredible, impactful series. I don't even know what to say about it because everybody's talking about it, and folks are so inspired by it. But before we get into it. I want to talk a little bit about your family because, you know, here at Moms for America, we love to know about everybody's tribe. Can yes. you tell us about the, the Jenkins family? 
So I uh, am celebrating this year, 25 years of marriage to Amanda. And Amanda is uh, has been a full-time mom for most of our marriage. Now she's a full-time mom and uh, does the bulk of our extra content. So we have uh, chosen Bible studies, chosen devotional mm -hmm. books, kids' books. Uh, we've actually released several uh, books for children related to the chosen, and she's either outright writing them or supervising the writing of them. We have a devotional book for for kids as well. Uh, Great so, merchandise, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so um, she's she supervises or outright writes all of that stuff. So she's become a full-time mom and a full-time uh, writer. We have four kids. Uh, two of them are at Liberty University right now in Virginia. I have a senior in high school who will be going to Liberty in the fall. And then I have a freshman in high school, uh, uh, an adopted son. So three biological kids, uh, one adopted kid. Uh, they're 21, 19, 17, and 15. Nice and busy. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Congratulations indeed. to you guys on 25 years and yeah, just, you. Uh, you know, going through what God has asked us to do, raise these kids and uh, say yes to the call of a great ministry. So um, I'd like to get into a little bit about your past, a little bit about how you got on this journey. I know some of our moms uh, may have seen clips of you on different interviews, but I'd like to ask some of the questions that I think our moms would be interested in here. So before this series... Uh, for the past 20 years, you directed and produced over a dozen short films and feature-length films. When did you first have the idea of doing a project like The Chosen? When did this come to you and how? Yeah, so I think there's uh, a couple of stages. So early on when I was a kid and I would be in Sunday school, um, I was always thinking of unique things about Jesus stories. So when they would just, you know, we'd be, dis be discussing in Sunday school, a story about Jesus from the gospels, I would say like, what was Jesus like, you know, hanging out with his friends? What was Jesus like around the fire? What was Jesus like playing games? Um, and I would mm -hmm. make jokes about, you know, J Jesus having an argument with his brother or whatever. I, I was always thinking of the human side of him, Yeah, the human side, the stuff in between some of these stories. Uh, so that was kind of the birth pangs of what I'm doing now. Well, in 2010, um, after I'd been living in LA for 10 years, I'd been making movies there, I got an opportunity to come work at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago, uh, which has campuses all over the, the suburban area. And mm -hmm. that's actually where I met some of the people on your staff. And we worked together there. But I was the, the idea there was I was going to be making films uh, using some of the resources that the church had. And that took a little while to get off the ground. Uh, but in the meantime, I started doing short films and videos. And so for Good Friday services and Christmas Eve services, I would do a short film or a vignette. And it was always uh, or usually a story of Jesus from the Gospels, but from a different perspective or a, a part of the story that you hadn't considered before, such as the time in between his death and resurrection, mm. uh, what what it was like burying him, that kind of thing. Uh, the very first big short film I did was the about the crucifixion from the perspective of the two thieves on the cross. And so that was the first example of what The Chosen is like, where in that short film, um, we follow the two thieves and their backstories and what they might have been like and how what, what would have gotten them to that place. And we don't even see Jesus until the last five, six minutes of the short film. Well, that's actually where I met Jonathan Rumi, who now plays Jesus, as I cast him as Jesus in that short film. And then we started doing more vignettes and short films mm -hmm. over the last next few years. Well, it wasn't until 2017 when um, I did a finally was able to do a feature film and it released in theaters and it was a total bomb at the box office. It just my, my and, and I got to the point where I thought maybe I'm not supposed to do this as a career. 
Mm. And uh, God really showed up in that moment and spoke to me through some, to, through a, a person I'd barely met. It's a long story, but um, in that is process. Is this the loaves and fishes story? Yeah, this is the loaves and fishes story. Yeah. So, uh, but I'll, I'll skip to the lesson, which is the lesson was, it's not my job to feed the 5,000. It's only to provide the loaves and fish. And I, that message changed my life. I became, I went from being someone who did feel responsible for results, who did feel responsible for achievement and did have an understanding, a more worldly understanding of what success looked like. And I became someone who didn't care anymore about success, didn't care anymore about accomplishment, didn't care anymore about results and only cared about making sure that the loaves and fish that I presented to God were acceptable to him. And at that point, the transaction was over. So that's what allowed me to be willing to dust off a script that I'd written a couple of years before that, that had been put aside because of this big Hollywood movie that I was doing. And I thought, okay, another short film for my church, Christmas, you know, it's a Christmas story about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And uh, when I did that, it was while I was making that, that I came up with the idea for The Chosen, where I thought, man, this, I always feel so much in my wheelhouse when I'm doing this. Um, I, you know, every time I knew it, it it was your, it was your, your calling. You could feel that you were just in it. Yeah. And I felt like this is something that I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm doing that that's unique in, and that, you know, I think you're always looking for what, what can I do that maybe others can't, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and and I think anytime when you're in the body of Christ too, especially you want to, you know, how can, how can I be most effectively used? Um, And I felt like, man, I, I feel like I have a unique ability and mind for this. Uh, and I think, you know, there's never been a multi-season show about the life of Christ. There's been movies and right. miniseries, but a multi-season show allows you to get, get to know the characters even more and allows you to do, mm. develop backstories and cultural context and historical context. Now, of course, I didn't think it was going to happen because there weren't people lining up around the block to do a Jesus show. And there certainly weren't people lining up around the block to work with me coming off. Right. Of and failure. maybe you're even wondering, is there a demand for this? Would the, yeah. would, would the audience respond? Would, well, right? I will say this. I will say this. I did think, and I remember saying this to, pe- to people, whoever ends up doing this will be really smart because mm-hmm. I did think if this got the opportunity, mm-hmm. if it, like I thought maybe it's something on Netflix or something, you know, I'm like, this would be, I do, I did believe it would be significant if, if there was an opportunity. Um, now I'm not in the prediction business anymore. I don't care about success anymore, but I thought, right. Someone who does this will be will be smart, but you know whether it's me or anyone else. Um, and I thought if I could get in the room at Netflix and convince them, boy, this would be a big hit for them. But right. you know that's not how I was thinking. So anyway, point point being, that short film, uh, the the idea came to uh, from the from another streaming platform. Again, I was only doing this for my church. I wasn't thinking about right. the short film being anything else. But they said, oh my gosh, your idea is great for a feature for for a show. We'd love to do it, but we think we should raise the money through crowdfunding. And I yes. thought that's, that's ridiculous. There's no chance that's going to work. Uh, you know, hey, crowdfunding uh, ever worked. I mean, this was what the, the this project was the most successful media crowdfunding project of all time. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's why I, mean, I didn't think it would work is because sure. t- t- the only p- cr- successful crowdfunded media projects were movies and TV shows that had big fan bases and we had no fan base. Well, right. we put the short film out on social media and it went viral and I gave this message at the end of it of here's an opportunity for you to invest in 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 this TV show that I've got an idea for. Now again, I didn't think it would work. I thought it was a ridiculous idea, but I was on the loaves and fishes program. When the <laughs> when the boy gave the loaves and fishes to Jesus, he didn't know it's going to be it's going to feed five. How it would multiply? People. 
Yeah. So, but he gave it anyway. And mm -hmm. that's what I was doing. And, uh, and then the rest is history. We ended up generating $10 million from 19,000 people shattering the all-time crowdfunding record. And the show has grown to be what it is. Um, and wow. the whole time, the whole time I've just maintained this and, and may God allow me to keep maintaining this posture of surrender and humility of I'm just giving my loaves and fish, I'm just giving my loaves and fish. And uh, God's it. clearly feeding 5,000 with it or a lot more than that. But but I'm still just providing the five loaves and two fish. Wow. Isn't it amazing how something like that, when God speaks to you and you know it's from him, literally yeah. changes your complete outlook. And when you step through that, the door in the future is so big and so wide, like you said, you can never imagine. And I mean, now as we're talking about it, why wouldn't we think that the greatest story ever told would be of interest to everyone, the greatest book of all time? Why wouldn't we think it would work? But no one has had an approach like this. So therefore... Therefore, you know, we've got this successful TV series. Now, you also wanted to make this free. You didn't want this to do subscription. You did the app. All this has just worked out phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's for sure been challenging. So for example, a couple of the things that have kept people from watching it is either you're concerned about biblical fidelity, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you're concerned that I... Uh, you know, you know, there's been Hollywood productions in the past that have done Jesus stories or Bible stories and they haven't been faithful. So you're concerned about that or you're concerned about, I wouldn't say the opposite. You're concerned about the fact that, okay, well, maybe they'll be faithful, but it's going to not be very good. Like most mm -hmm. Christian stuff isn't very good. I'm just not interested because I'm skeptical of that. Right. Maybe cheesy. Yeah, cheesy and poorly done. Or right. you've heard all these rumors that go around or, or you've seen some quote taken out of context from me and now everyone's like, well, I guess I can't trust it. Or some pastor told me it's heretical, so I can't watch it. So right. there's all these different reasons why people are hesitant to watch. Um, so it's been a challenge for sure. And then also when it's like, okay, I'm ready to watch it. Now where? Where do I watch it? Oh, it's not mm -hmm. on Netflix. It's not on Amazon. Well, I guess I, I, you know, what, I have to download an app. That sounds weird. Uh, I don't have time for this. So there's lots of reasons for people not to watch the show. All that to say, yes, we decided when the pandemic hit to make the show free for a couple of weeks, just as a goodwill gesture. When we did that and we turned it to optional payment, where I said, look, you don't have to pay if you don't want to, but if you do, this is going to allow us to do more episodes and seasons. Right. This is going to allow us to keep it free while our income quadrupled. And then the next night it quintupled. Amazing? Again, wow. it was this whole five loaves and two fish idea. So we're like, all right, you know what? Let's keep it free forever. And less than 5% of the people who watch it actually pay for it, which on the surface sounds like a bummer. And it kind of is, uh, you know, if, if more people paid for it, we'd be funded a lot quicker. That mm -hmm. said, um, there's something really beautiful about the fact that people are all over the world in every country, and we're now trying to translate it into hundreds of languages, are able to watch this even if they wouldn't normally be able to afford it. So when you look for the chosen app, it's called the chosen, so right. it's an easy app to find, but you just look on your mobile device or your streaming platform and you look up the chosen app. It's totally free and easy. You don't have to even give your email address if you don't want to, but that's doing that, making it easy to watch and free to watch has allowed it to be more accessible for people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and so far it's, it's uh, worked out really well. And it's a new app, right? So a lot of people are saying, if you have the old app, you need to update it, right? Well, there's there's now two apps, so I know this is confusing, oh, okay. and I don't want to take too. I, I don't want to waste too much time. No, I just on, want to make sure about, people know yeah. exactly that there is so, a new app. Yeah, there are people used to. They originally downloaded the chosen app a while ago, mm -hmm. then that became the Angel Studios app, and you can still watch the show there. But if you but but we've created our we've separated from 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 Angel Studios formally as our distribution and marketing partner. The show's still on Angel Studios, but now we have our own app. It's called the Chosen, and it's got exclusive Chosen content. Um, 
and we go deeper into it. So like there's Bible roundtable discussions, there's mm. after shows where you yeah. go deeper into the episode. So this is more of a discipleship focused app um, where you can watch the show free and you can get exclusive content that takes you even deeper into the stories and into the gospels. You talked about, thank you. You talked about some of the challenges that you had and you you, you kind of rattled off some of the ones, but the, the one that I always wondered about, is it intimidating to put words um, and into Jesus' mouth is kind of, sure. I, I guess it's, it, it sounds weird to say that because, but, but you are, you're taking liberties. Um, mm -hmm. There is a fictional run to this. How, I mean, how do you figure that out and how do you figure what is appropriate with your writers and yeah. how do you formulate that? I mean, I know you're, 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 you're a praying man and you're looking for gods, but, but you are taking liberties. Yeah. So this is a really important question. So I'll try to keep it, I'll keep my answer brief, but it's really important. So it's, it's in two parts, basically. One is the foundation of it, which is, and this is really important, I think, for anyone who's listening to know that we understand that I am not God, the, the show isn't the Bible, and Jonathan, who plays Jesus, isn't Jesus. So sometimes when people say you're putting words in Jesus's mouth, I'm saying, well, okay, in the context of the show, the character of Jesus is played by an actor, yes. Mm -hmm. And we are writing words that we are portraying as mm -hmm. plausible, that we think Jesus could have potentially said this. Right. But at the end of the day, you must always remember, and we say this before episode one starts, we have a we put up a disclaimer and we say, look, this is a fictional, fictional account. Right. This is this is this is not the Bible. We encourage you to read the gospels. And we've yes. never heard from anyone. You're not trying to replace the gospel with a new nope. gospel. Exactly. We're not doing it. And yeah. no one has ever told us that, oh, good. Now that the chosen's out, I don't need to be read about read my Bible. Right. Anymore. Everyone has been telling us I'm actually reading my Bible more than ever. Yes. It can be a it can be a plausible and interesting supplement to scripture. Mm -hmm. But this is not the Bible, and this is not the Jesus. This is a TV show portrayed portraying uh, the events of first century Galilee. It's a historical drama. You could even call it fan fiction. Now we use the Bible as our primary source of truth and inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if you watch the show, you will see that it is made by someone who loves God's word and who believes it's God's word and who believes it's perfect. Mm -hmm. But when someone says, well, you're adding to scripture and the Bible says you shouldn't add to scripture. Mm -hmm. Well, leaving aside the interpretation of that verse, there's your Bible, your scripture has not changed since the chosen came out. I'm not adding to scripture because the show isn't right. scripture. Right. Scripture is scripture. The Bible is Bible. This is a TV show. So we are aware of that. The mm -hmm. viewers are aware of that. I think critics should also be aware of that to mm -hmm. recognize we have a healthy understanding of the difference between the sure. show and the Bible. That said, to your question, it still is, yes, a significant <laughs> weight and responsibility It is when you know that there are a lot of people who, for, for, for whom this might be their introduction to a more mm -hmm. robust uh, examination of Jesus's life. Um, there are a lot of non-Christians who watch the show. Over half our cast and crew are not believers. So this is, you know, we do want to portray Jesus accurately, but because most of the show isn't actually directly from scripture, you know, there's a lot of scenes in the show that are, that are historically, con uh, you know, historical context, cultural mm -hmm. context, artistic imagination. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible wasn't intended, you know, like to when it was written, it was intended more to be kind of Jesus's greatest hits. So you'd believe he was the Messiah, but they don't show kind of the in-between. You know, they don't even show Jesus saying hello. They don't show right. Jesus, you know, hanging out with his friends. So we do some of that. And our primary operating principle is, is this plausible? 
is mm. theologically plausible. We have a mm -hmm. team of people that I consult with um, that are conservative Bible theologians to make sure that we're staying within those bounds. Right. Is it, is it uh, plausible that this fits within the character and intentions of Jesus and the Gospels? And if it does, we feel comfortable with that because we know the difference between a TV show and, and the actual Bible. You have your own code, I guess, checklist of where what's acceptable, what you yeah. consider, and and where you go. And 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 it's exactly what you're saying. It it's hard because we don't know the dots in between. We don't know the ands. And um, I guess that's really that's what we were hoping to maybe see just this uh, humanity of Christ uh, and the disciples and 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 yeah. Mary and and what was it all kind of maybe like yeah. that we can relate to. And, and yeah. again, when you said that people are going back to their Bible, they're unbelievers. I went on uh, Facebook today and looked underneath your you've got a sponsored you know ad. Mm -hmm. I think there's like four thousand comments on that one ad. Oh, yeah. All of them saying the same thing. This has been revolutionary. Yeah. This has changed have... the way that I've kind of thought about Christ. It's renewed my interest. Um, yeah. I'm reading the Bible again. And and I feel that that's from your heart. That's what absolutely. you want. No, absolutely. <laughs> and we're also hearing, uh, to, to, to speak to moms here, I hear from moms all the time. In mm -hmm. fact, if I'm recognized in public and, 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 a, and a parent comes up to me, it's a very common thing to hear a parent say, my kids devour this show. They are now reading the Bible. I, mean, I couldn't, cool get, them, that? I couldn't right. get them interested in the Bible. Now they're reading it and excited about it and are like, oh my goodness, this is Matthew. This is like, I, you know, and, and, and what it does is it gets now, now the parents have an opportunity to talk about these Bible stories. And then sometimes the kid will be watching and go, is this thing in the show in the Bible? And the parent gets an opportunity to say, okay, no, that's not from the Bible. This is from the Bible. Here's what the Bible says. Or sometimes they'll go, yes, it is. And here's where, and they get actually really excited about it. And along with our devotional books and our kids' devotional book and our kids' picture books, it really does give another tool in the toolbox for parents in engaging their kids' love of scripture. And that's a hundred percent true. You know, so many families across America are watching this, you know, on a Sunday night or as a way of kind of talking about uh, situations and Christ and who yes. he was. So we're using it as a tool. Absolutely. So you kind of just gave me a great lead, lead way into this. You, t you talked about um, issues, parental issues, mom issues, um, different themes. Um, let's talk about that with season three. Um, you really did do a lot of hard issues that relate to the family. Can we talk about some of those why you decided to highlight those and what you think are some of the important ones that we as moms can actually look and apply. Yeah. So season three has been out now. So if if you don't want any spoilers, because if you haven't seen it yet, maybe you can, uh, can, can take a two minute break, but, but I would say, I don't even think some of these are significant spoilers because I think they I might actually inter interest you in watching it because mm -hmm. we address um, for the, what I believe, because I've seen almost every Jesus movie or miniseries ever done. I've never seen marital conflict addressed. We address that in season three pretty significantly. We address 
the challenges that come from a spouse traveling for a long period of time. And when they come right. home, yeah. my wife and I call it re-entry. Like we took us years <laughs> to figure out re-entry. You think it'd be great. You know, husband <laughs> or wife comes home after being gone for a couple of weeks. It's gonna be so fun because we haven't seen each other in a while. We'll be so happy to see each other. Intimacy is going to be exciting. And, and we're going to, but it's like, why did we screw this up every time? What, you know, our expectations are always dashed. It doesn't go well. We address that in season three. We, we, we explore in a very realistic and even challenging way, miscarriage. We explore mm -hmm. a mother's heart for like, you know, uh, Jesus's mother, Mary, yes. realizing that he's, he's coming to the end of his ministry, what that means. What would uh -huh. a mother feel like if she knew that not only her son was likely going to die, was likely going to be tortured, but that it was actually something important that needed to be done and she needed to be accepting of it. That's what, what does that look like? How does a mom yeah. wrestle with that? Wanting mm -hmm. to be faithful to God's calling, but knowing that it's tearing her heart out. Yeah. Um, we, we, we start to explore some of that in season three. Um, we also look at things like, I mean, there's a, the, you know, this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. There's a, there's a famous story in the Bible of Jairus, uh, a synagogue administrator whose daughter dies and Jesus brings her back to life. Well, that's a really fun, exciting story, but we, we, as like, we like to do in the chosen, we give you the backstory. We take you through what that, mm. the pain and fear of having, a sick, it, right? of having a sick child and then actually the loss of a child. So when you're dealing with things like miscarriage and 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 even death of a child of, of a child after it's been born, and wow. um and and marital conflict, this is these are things that, that this we is really, everyday life, really. Yes, and when you realize that they yeah. dealt with this in the first century, yeah, and that the questions and 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 confusions and doubts that they faced in the first century are the same as what we face today, then mm -hmm. perhaps you can also realize that the answer to those questions and the answer to those doubts is the same then that it can be today and that we can turn to Jesus. The theme of season three is come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yeah. And we don't pass over the weary and heavy laden part because we today as the, someone listening right now mm -hmm. is probably feeling weary and heavy laden. Right. There's someone who's experienced that before who will experience it soon. And I believe season three provides a lot of answers for that because we don't uh, skip over the questions. Again, just the emotional uh, topics make this all, it just, it, it reminds us how Christ is the answer that he is the hope and that he didn't, he doesn't pretend that life is not difficult or challenging, um, he speaks right to it. So I, I just love that you included all that. And really parental issues are a part of everyday life and marital, yeah. marital situations. Well, I mean, how can we not discuss this? How can we pretend like this isn't a part of, uh, you know, our, our walk here on earth? Yeah. And I think uh, a lot, I think sometimes people also experience not only a, a devastating loss, or a mm -hmm. medical challenge, like we deal with that as well. There's a character who's handicapped who fit, and who comes to Jesus and says, "Why haven't I been healed?" And Jesus actually hasn't, you know, gives gives yes, him an answer. I was going to gonna ask you about that. Yeah. Because sometimes we face like, wait a minute, I just saw that person be healed, or I just saw that person experience joy, right, and a wonderful childbirth, but I'm right. not. Why right. is God denying me that joy? We dig into those questions in this season, and that's, I think. Uh, I think something that you, we don't often address often in, in faith-based entertainment or particularly in Bible shows. And mm -hmm. I think it's important that we did. I do too. And because that's the reality of, yeah. day, of, of our journey here on earth, dealing with the ups, the downs, the disappointments, our hopes, our dreams. Um, can I ask you, do you have, I'm sure everybody asks you this, but are there a favorite couple of scenes that you are your personal favorites? 
Yeah. Well, in the first two episodes, um, I'm sorry, the first two seasons, um, I, I remain one of my favorite scenes ever is, is from season one, episode four, when Jesus calls Simon to follow him and ah. he sees him on the, on the, on the lake and, and, yeah. and uh, Simon's been up all night fishing and we show all of that. We show why he would have done that. Mm-hmm. We get into that backstory. And then uh, when Jesus solves that issue with the miracle of fish, the filming of that scene was extraordinarily <laughs> challenging. Uh, there was a lot of miracles that even happened in the filming of it. And just the joy of that scene, the music, I just, I, you know, I remember Unreal, the, yeah. the music surprised me. It was different than what I was expecting. And the composers tried something and it was amazing. So I always <laughs> love that. But this season, actually, episode three, when Jesus comes home to Nazareth, spends some time with his mother. That's one of the things I hinted at earlier that we explore some of that, but he's in his hometown. He stays in his childhood room. He sees some childhood friends and family members, but there's a scene that's uh, well-known in the gospels where Mm -hmm. he's in the synagogue and he's preaching and reading from scripture and essentially announces that he's the Messiah and the savior and all his friends and family are shocked and horrified. And uh, just that whole scene turned out, uh, even better than I expected and has become one of my favorite scenes we've ever done. Wow. All right. What about, does everybody ask you about this? What about season four? Yeah. <laughs> you just get done with one and everybody's asking for oh, the next. No, I'm, oh, come no on, Dallas, come on. <laughs> I know. I feel like no one sees me anymore as Dallas, the friend or Dallas, the husband and father. It's just Dallas, the one with information on when the next episode. Right. When season four, Dallas, come on, who cares yeah. about the kids? So I'm just kidding, exactly. but we would love to know what, what you're thinking about that. Will there be one? Are you continuing as God leads? I guess, right. You're oh, going to no, keep no, going. Course, no, for sure. We're doing seven seasons of the show. Okay. Um, and hopefully people will continue to, to, to donate and continue to support the show so that we can keep going. But, right. but, uh, but, but yeah, we actually start filming season four, uh, n- near the end of March. Um, and, uh, so that means that, uh, season four will be released sometime in, in the fall or winter of, of 2023, but we have to make them first. And as I've told many people, it <laughs> takes much longer to make them than it does to watch them. So yes. try to give us a little bit of grace and patience. Now we have, is there anything that you can tease about season four? Any, you know, something a little special for us that maybe nobody, you haven't told anybody else? Or do you know? <laughs> uh, sure. No, let me, well, no, that's fair. Um, okay. I, will, I, I will say um, that uh, season four is where we really go deeper into the relationship of Jesus and Lazarus. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and wow, I, I'll just, I, I don't mind revealing now this is the first time I think I've made, made this public, but, uh, the, we're not going to hide the fact that we are going to explore the big, the big Lazarus moment, um, That's from, the be gospel, incredible. from the gospels. And I think it'll be even more impactful because in season three, we actually introduce you to Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Uh, we mm. see that the relationship that Jesus has with them so that when all this goes down, in season, uh, sorry, in season three. And then when this all goes down in season four, it's that much more meaningful because you, mm-hmm. you really got to know Lazarus and his sisters. So, right. Some of Jesus's closest friends, right? Yep. And so. then of course, you know, as they approach, as you, if you, if you look in the gospels, you know, that the death of Lazarus and the resurrection of Lazarus was actually the, the major catalyst that launched us into Holy week and launched the Pharisees into mm. uh, really wanting Jesus dead. And so, you can kind of glean from that, that we start making some, some chronological progress in the story. All right. My last question for you to our moms that uh, are listening to just how they can, I know you, 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 you talked about this a little bit earlier, but just how moms can use um, the chosen um, as a vehicle to discuss spiritual um, 
issues and Christ and just some insight from you to our moms about, because it's a challenging culture. We know that Dallas, we know that the world is telling our kids uh, it's a death culture. There's no hope. Um, so this series and things that we teach to our kids, we talk about this all the time. We're at the kitchen table. We're praying at night with them and we, you know, tuck them in a bed. How can we use the chosen? What are some of your words of advice to families as they're listening um, and just nurturing yeah. our children yeah. spiritually? Well, and I think it's not only a death culture. I think that sometimes the world is, is trying to offer hope, but it's in the form of self. Mm. It's love of self. Do whatever you, whatever feels right to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very uh, selfish, right? Per, per, pursue fame, pursue money, pursue affirmation. I mean, my kids struggle with, you know, social media and, right. and seeing it's almost like life has turned into one big competition for likes right. and for beauty and for money. Um, so uh, what I, what I would encourage parents to do uh, who, who are watching the shows and are watching it with their kids is the first step is let them watch it first as a show. Like don't try to turn it into a Sunday school lesson right away. Like let them okay. enjoy the show. Let okay. them like, don't pause it and, and, and say, and now let's open the scriptures. Like let, let them enjoy the show as a show because that's most how most, especially teens, like they want to watch TV shows and movies like they like like anyone else does. They want to watch mm -hmm. it like it's a good story. Now, when the show is over, when the episode is over, uh, then I think it's a great time to okay. Now let's go back into it. You don't have to watch it again, obviously, but I'm saying let's go. Let let's think through some of these moments. What's from scripture? What isn't? And mm -hmm. do we think it's plausible? And then we like I said, we do have. Um, you know, you can find some of this on Amazon, or you can find it at our gift store. Uh, you know, like in the chosen app. Um, but you can find we have. Um, not only adult Bible studies and, uh, and and devotional books, but we have a a, a, a devotional book for kids. We have mm -hmm. kids picture books. I mean, I, I know of kids as young as six years old who watch the show regularly. And then some kids even younger who watch episode three of season mm -hmm. one, because it's Jesus with children. But it, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to try to prescribe for you as a parent what you should do. I'm just telling you what I've heard from parents over and over and over again is that from watching the show with their kids, it has opened up conversations and that after the episodes are over, it is the best catalyst that they've found to opening their Bibles and getting deeper into yeah. these stories. And uh, so, um, yeah, you know, like I said, I think it's good to just sometimes just enjoy the show as a show. Right. Uh, you know, don't turn it into while they're watching it, you know, a, a lecture. But That's it, good but advice. It, but it has proven uh, from literally, we've heard from literally hundreds of thousands of parents um, all over the the world, but especially here in the States of people just saying, wow, um, now when we open up the Bible, our kids are actually intrigued and excited and, uh, and love to learn what, which parts of the show are from the Bible and which aren't. And then which ones, uh, actually feel like something they can learn from and learn mm -hmm. actually a message of surrender and sacrifice and what mm -hmm. it means to actually be like Jesus and how that can actually help them in some of the challenges they face at school. Yeah. I mean, cause the world's teaching them. So why not have, uh, you know, the chosen uh, and, and Jesus and the disciples come alive? I think a lot of times too with the kids, you know, we've, we have the characters of Christ or the sketches, you know, this is something like you said that everybody can watch and use as a springboard to, for great discussion. We've used it here in our household. So um, I can attest to that for sure. Awesome. Yeah. It's been the joy of my life. I didn't expect kids would like this show because it's, it's a, it's a complicated plot line at times and it's more of an adult right. themed kind of show, 
but uh, every time I hear it, and I hear it now on a daily basis, parents just saying my six-year-old, my eight-year-old, my 11-year-old, you know, some kids obviously aren't going to understand everything quite as much, but they give right. just it's been a springboard for conversation. And that's just been beautiful to hear. Well, well, thank you for joining us. We're excited about the next season and for the moms that haven't had a chance to check out The Chosen with their family. I know that they're going to be getting that app and watching it and taking advantage of all the great merchandise. Love the shirt you have on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this is our, well, and this is also a good message. Uh, one last quick thing. So this is our our logo, you know, and it shows it's right. part of the opening credits. You see all these, uh, you know, gray fish going in one direction, and then there's 13 fish going the opposite <laughs> yes. direction. We call this our against the current shirt, and it's against Jesus it, and the 12 right. disciples. And uh, one mom posted on Facebook once, uh, she said, uh, as we send our kids off to school, um, because it, not on this shirt per se, but in the in the opening credits, it, the, the fish that, that go the opposite direction are teal. Right. And so she tells her kids, be the teal fish. Yes, go against like it. A, it's like a great message to give your kids each day is be the teal fish, go against the current. That's uh, it. And so, uh, yeah, that's definitely part of the message of each of the things that we we uh, release as as gifts is yep. merchandise is like, this is not just a promotional thing. This is a conversation starter. Yeah. Well, I had him, I had to mention it because I love the shirt and I love the message. So, right. well, thank right. you, Dallas. Uh, hello to your family. Hello to the team there. Tell them all how much we appreciate what you're doing. Um, I mean, the cast is great. What can we say, but God bless you and all that you're doing. Good. Thanks so much and, and keep up the great work as, as well. Wow. What a great interview with Dallas. Um, I'm so looking forward to season four. And if you haven't, again, if you haven't started the chosen, it is time. You're going to love it. Um, I loved what he shared about the loaves and fishes and that really all of us are gifted uniquely and individually. And then when we let God use us, we can bring great glory to him. So what an amazing testimony he had. It's like us moms, right? We have a special calling right in our household on the lives of our children to raise them with a love of God, a love for our country. I'd like to remind you all that are listening here to visit our website again at momsforamerica.us to check out all of our resources, our events, our programs, our projects. We have a plethora of information for you. Um, I also like to remind you and invite you to check out our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meeting. These 12 lessons will inspire and educate you about America's amazing heritage so you can share the principles of liberty in your home and in your community. This program, along with so many of other programs on our website, will help you impact your family in a very, very powerful way. We always say this from parental rights to public policy, from the kitchen table to Congress, Moms for America has it all and we're here to serve you. We also wanna invite you to sign up for our newsletter right on our website there when you stop by. This will help you get educated on issues that relate to you as a mom and engage with other moms from across the country. Also, if you have an idea or a topic for a podcast, that today's Dallas happened to be one of my suggestions to Pam, our producer. I'd love to talk with Dallas. Um, if you have an idea, would you please email them to me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Again, that's podcast at momsforamerica.net. Any topics, subjects, or suggestions, I would love to hear from you. We say this every week, mamas. We believe that liberty begins at home and that moms are truly the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so powerful. And that is why moms are so, so important. Like, subscribe, and share. Please join us next week. Love talking with you every week. Love sharing inspiring and informative discussions for moms just like you. We'll see you next week. And remember, let's keep changing our world one home at a time.